as we continue our study in Hebrews chapter 11. This morning, we find ourselves looking at verses 29 through 31. So if you have a copy of God's word, turn with me there. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 29 through 31. <clears throat> we'll be turning back to the Old Testament as well. Uh, so have your Bibles handy uh, and be ready to uh, be turn be ready to turn some pages here this morning. Hebrews chapter eleven verses twenty nine through thirty one, and we'll see that faith that pleases God believes even when things don't make sense. Hebrews chapter eleven verses twenty nine through thirty one. Here, not the word of man. Hear God's word. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land. But the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Ends the reading of God's holy word. The writer of Hebrews has been encouraging the recipients of this letter, the Hebrew Christians, uh, he's been encouraging them by giving them examples of what living by faith as a believer looks like. This life is 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 uh, the, the life of faith is is a life that is uh, it's not easy, and that's one of the things that we quickly learn as believers. We learn that the Christian life. Is not easy. These believers were remembering they are suffering. They are, they have suffered suffered the loss of their their goods, they their their houses and 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 the things that they own had been squandered because of their faith in Jesus Christ. They're suffering, and and uh, because of the suffering that they're going through, they were tempted to turn back and take the easy path. The easy path of going back to old Judaism, where uh, all they had to do was to go to the temple and offer sacrifices, and and they wouldn't have to deal with the ridicule that comes with following Christ. The writer of Hebrews wants these believers and wants us as well to 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 remain steadfast because difficulty in the Christian life is is not something our Lord failed to warn us about. The Lord Jesus Christ said in John 16, verse 33, he says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. He said in the world you will. You will, meaning that what he is about to say will happen to those who are his disciples, those who are his followers. He says in the world you will have tribulation." But take heart, I have overcome the world. 
It, it is seeing Christ as our great victor, seeing Christ as the one who overcame death and sin for our sake, seeing Christ embracing him with the eyes of our faith is what enables us to not only live and remain steadfast, but to, to move forward and not be passive in the Christian life. And one thing that will keep us on track as believers is a, is a moment by moment focus on Christ, on the preeminence of Christ, on the sufficiency of his sacrifice. Focus upon Christ. Because God calls us to press forward, beloved. He calls, if you're a believer today, God calls you and me to press forward regardless. Regardless of the adversity that we may face, regardless of the circumstance that we face, it may be something that you may be in that that you don't see no way out you see no way of how to get through it is in those moments god calls you to trust him moment by moment step by step thought by thought uh trust in christ and press forward today we'll see we'll see Examples of those who press forward, who move forward by faith. We'll see the faith of those who departed Egypt in the Exodus and crossed the Red Sea. We'll see the, the faith of Joshua and, and the people of God. Uh, 40 years later, 40 years later, pressing forward and obeying God and and we'll see the the faith of a, a non-Jewish Gentile prostitute named Rahab coming to faith after hearing faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The people had heard about God and what had happened 40 years early at the Red Sea, they had heard and only Rahab responded in faith. Now, we got to take the gospel. We got to take the gospel to the nations. And that requires our faith to be active. And so let's get to the text. First, our main point is that faith moves forward. This is our main point. And the first thing we'll see concerning faith in verse 29, that that faith moves forward even when it faces impossibility. Um, you will face an impossibility. You can't skirt your way out of the impossibilities that God ordains in your life. And we'll see that for these uh, these these Israelites. God ordained that they be in a place with no way out. That's what God does. That's what he does. That's how our faith grows. Our faith grows in difficulties. When it faces impossibility, because in the impossibility, it is God who gets the glory when he takes us through. And so 
uh, after the, the what 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 we've encountered here in verse twenty nine is is after the the events of the Passover, and now the people of Israel, the people of Israel, they face their next challenge of faith. Look at the beginning of verse twenty nine. It says, "By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land." The author now he moves from these specific illustrations. He's been going line upon line, identifying individuals and their example of faith. And, uh, but now here he, he, he moves uh, to uh, from the specific illustrations of, of, of the life of, of these uh, faithful people of God. He moves to the Israelite people as a whole. In the NASB, it says, by faith, they. Here in the ESV, it says, by faith, the people. And, 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 and what the author is doing, he's, he's now focusing on, he's focusing our attention upon the people. The Christian walk is not just the individual walk. The Christian walk is a walk, it's a community walk. It is a walk in which God has placed us all in union with Christ. And yes, we exercise individual faith to come to Christ. But the Christian walk is a community walk. This is, this, this is important for us to grasp at the beginning. We're, we're called to live and to exercise faith as a Christian community, we move forward together as the chosen people of God working together. Leaders are to promote corporate faithfulness. Help people work together. When I was in the military, that was one of my primary task was to take people from all ages, all backgrounds, different countries, and bring all of these individuals together to work together as a team. This is what the Christian life is all about. Because if not, We'll have a whole bunch of people doing their own thing. Philip, Philip Riken warned about this. He said a privatized faith weakens the church within and without, loosening the bonds of true Christian community and hindering the church's witness to the world, end quote. And this is the challenge of leadership, bringing people from all types of backgrounds together to, 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 to live as one in faith in Christ. The people that we're talking about here, that these include, we've already discussed in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 16, these are people who heard about uh, God and, 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 and his goodness, and, they, and yet they rebel. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 16. These are those who provoked the Lord for 40 years and who sinned 
And, and eventually their bodies failed in the wilderness. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 17. These, these, this day, this, the people of God in general, they were timid, complaining, untrusting people. And yet the author points us to the fact that they illustrated together true faith. We sung that song, God will hold me fast. Yes, God holds his people fast. He keeps them together. And we see the example here in the people of Israel. Their testimony can be found in Exodus chapter 14. So just turn over to Exodus chapter 14 and we'll try to try to uh, kind of do a summary of what we find here. Exodus chapter 14. These people, these people of God, those who uh, include people who are faithful and those who uh, are at, at times unfaithful. Moses is leading them. He's leading them. And what we'll see here in Exodus chapter 14, before we get to it, I want us to set your mind up on some, some contrast that we'll see. First contrast, we'll see people who act in faith, the people of Israel with Moses leading, and those who act in unbelief, the Egyptians led by Pharaoh. We'll see people who trust God and people who oppose God. We'll see two leaders. We'll see Moses leading according to the word of God. And we'll see Pharaoh leading according to his sinful inclinations. Moses listens to God. Pharaoh goes against the people of God. With these, this, these contrasts are found in our text of Exodus chapter 14. And so situation, and it is God, beloved, don't get it wrong. It is God who placed them in this situation. God put the people of Israel at a tactical disadvantage. God, uh, in verses one through uh, three, it is God who told them to camp where they camp. God told him that. God told the people not only to camp here, but God said that he's going to harden Pharaoh's heart. He's going to harden their heart, cause Pharaoh to, to save the people that they're wandering and, and they're shed in, that they're in an impossible situation. It was God who did that. Verses three and four. Verse four, God says, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will pursue them. This is before it happened. And 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 he will pursue and I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And notice what it says. And they did so. God planned this. This is God's purpose that the people of Israel be in a hard place. In verse five, it says, when the king of Egypt 
was told that the people had fled. The mind of Pharaoh and his servants was changed toward the people. Remember, they had uh, wanted the people to leave and they gave all the rich, their riches to the people of Israel and said, get out of here. You, your headache, get out of here. Now their heart has changed. And they said, what is this that we have done that we have let Israel go from serving us? We had slaves. Now they're leaving. And now we have no one to serve us. Verse six, so he made ready his chariot and took with him his army with him. And we get the number in verse seven, took 600 chosen chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over them. And notice verse eight, and the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he pursued the people of Israel while the people of Israel was going out defiantly. Why is he pursuing the people of Israel? Because God ordained it. This is God's will that his people be pursued by a wicked. They had come to the place and camped by the sea. And this is the the place that is mentioned in verse nine is the place that is mentioned in verse one that the Lord told them to encamp. Again, by God's plan, God's ordained plan, they face this impossibility. In verse 10, they see no way out. They're helpless. Verses 10 through 12, when Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them and they feared greatly. They didn't just fear, they feared greatly. Here it is, Pharaoh and his army is coming after after us and the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. That's what God wants from us. To get us in a difficult place so that the only place that we can go is on our knees and cry out to him. And and, and these people, one of their sins is complainers. So not only did they cry out to the Lord, verse 11 says, they said to Moses, and this is the, the challenge of leadership. This showed that the people of God need leadership. They said to Moses, it is because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness. What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. Can you imagine leading these people? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Moses didn't give in to their complaint. Verse 13, Moses instead encouraged their faith. He led. He's a leader. He he led. And Moses said, notice, and this phrase to the people just keeps getting repeated over and over again because the emphasis is on the community of people to include Moses. Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. What is faith? Faith sees the unseen. Faith sees that which uh, God has promised to do and it has not come about yet. And Moses is telling the people, the salvation of the Lord is coming. It's not here yet. Fear not, stand firm. 
and see his salvation, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never. Verse 14, the Lord will fight for you. And you have only to be silent. Be silent. Don't complain. Don't be grumbling. Be silent. Be silent before the creator. Be silent before the God of heaven. Be silent before him who is sovereign. Be silent before him who ordains and plans and orchestrates his will in the world. Be silent. The Lord said to Moses, and this is interesting. Why do you cry to me? <laughs> I take it as do your job. As the mediator. As the leader. Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Because God is sovereign, beloved. Because God is sovereignly at work, that does not negate our responsibility to act. Yes, God is sovereign. He's working all things according to his purpose and plan. That doesn't mean we stand around and watch him work. We have a responsibility, and that's what most, that's what God is. Is, is 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 telling Moses tell the people of Israel now it's time it's time go forward and he tell the leader to respond verse 16 lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it and the people of Israel may go through notice I like the way you have to pay attention to words in scripture because words are important every word is important here in the ESV, it says that the people, it said, lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that the people of Israel may go through the sea. The sea on dry land. That's a contradiction. That is an impossibility. There is no dry land in the sea, beloved. You walk out there all you want to. You're going to sink and be wet and you're going to drown. But here God says, this is this is this is God's uh, revelation to the people. This is God's word to the people and they must believe it despite the impossibility. Go that they may go through the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, verse 17, and they shall go in after them. And I will get there as it is again. God repeats. And, I, and that's the end goal. God always get the glory. And I will get the glory of Pharaoh and all the hosts of his chariots and his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten glory over Pharaoh. It's repeated. God is the, the strong one. Not the Egyptians, not Pharaoh, not his army. It is God. And this testimony will flow through the history of, uh, of time, 40 years down the road, to where Rahab 
will, and the people will, will have heard of what God had done here to the Egyptians. How did it happen? Somebody had to pass that knowledge down. Look at verse 22. The people believed and they obeyed. Verse 22, and the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground. The waters being a wall. And, and another thing about this, a wall is mentioned here. Wall of Jericho is mentioned later on. And where did Rahab stay? In the wall. These are uh, things that are put here intentionally for us to to focus on and to draw attention to that there is some interpretive uh, uh, point, there's some point that God is trying to get over to us. No matter the circumstance, <laughs> God is in control. The dry out the waters being, being a wall to them on the right hand and on their left. Now, the Egyptians had courage. Don't, don't get it wrong. The Egyptians had courage, just like the people of Israel. The war, God has, Moses has raised the staff. God has uh, sent the wind and the waters are, are like a wall on the side and the ground is dry. And the Egyptians saw that and say, we're going to go through too. We got, they, they had courage. The Egyptians pursued, verse 23, and went in after them in the midst of, of the sea and the Pharaoh. There's a keep repeat Pharaoh, horses, his chariots, and horsemen. Verse 25, clogging their wheels, their chariot wheels, so that they drove heavily. And some would say that Israel went through on dry land when the Egyptians went in, the ground turned back. They turned muddy. And it said, the Egyptians said, let us flee from before Israel for the Lord fights for them. Against the Egyptians. Their wheels are getting clogged down. They realize they're in trouble. That they're fighting not the people of Israel, but the Lord of Israel. And while the, these Egyptians these wicked Egyptians, Israel is experiencing God's salvation. These Egyptians are going to experience God's judgment. Verse 26, and the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and upon their horsemen. And so Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the sea returned to its normal course. And, uh, look at verse 29. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea and the waters became a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Thus, the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. And, and, and what did this do? God destroyed the whole army. They don't have to worry about Egypt anymore. They don't have to worry about them anymore. God took care of these people. God took care of their enemies. 
Verse 31 says, Israel saw the great power of the Lord used against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord. This is the beginning of wisdom. And they believed in the Lord and in his servant, Moses. And then that song of Moses, they sing and dance in Exodus chapter 15. God intervened in the history of his people to deliver them from a hopeless situation. It appeared that it would, they, were, they were doomed, but the people believed God and obediently passed through the sea. Now they're free. And this is a picture of those of us who are in Christ, who are redeemed in Christ. We were at time, one time enslaved to sin, but we have now been delivered and made the people of God in Christ. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 says, he, God, has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, into the kingdom of Satan. We're safe in Christ. We're safe for all eternity in Christ. And also what we learn here from this is this 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 encounter of the people of Israel with the Egyptians, we 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 learn that in helpless situations we must trust God. God brings us into circumstances to teach us to trust him. Who made the Red Sea? God did. It was God. God is the creator of all things. And God, the creator, made that which was impossible happen. The people walk through on dry ground. It is God who, if we comprehend his greatness and his great salvation in Christ, that will overcome any fear in the midst of our circumstances. Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4 says of God, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord God is an everlasting rock. The rest of the verse goes on and says, but the Egyptians, they attempted and, and to do the same and they drowned. They went forward, but they went forward without faith. And perhaps some of you are going forward. You come to church. You do Christian things. You give the appearance that you're a Christian. You're going, you, you, you're doing what the people of God are doing. You look like them. You sing the songs. You pray. You, you go. You bow your head in prayer. But you're doing it. And maybe you're doing it because it, it, it gives the appearance that, 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 that and it, it gives some, some kind of satisfaction to you that you're okay before God. But if you don't trust in Christ, just like these Egyptians who didn't trust in God, destruction is coming to you one day. God's hand is all over this narrative. And you will have to answer to this God one day. 
So let's look at verse 30. Move forward by moving forward by faith. And not only uh, it, it does it enable us to face the impossibility, it enables us to, to face overwhelming obstacles. Verse 30, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. This is found in, in Joshua chapter 6. So if you turn forward to Joshua, Joshua chapter 6, Joshua now is the leader of the people of Israel. The, the mantle of leadership has passed from Moses to, to him, and he has been given the responsibility to courageously lead the people and to obediently obey God's word. And 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 now they're 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 on this conquest. They're 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 fighting. They're 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 taking over uh, people. They're 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 uh, they're they're, uh, they're fighting and 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 fulfilling the God is fulfilling the promise that that He made to His people. And Joshua is trusting. He's he's trusting in in God. And God is. Is, is he's trusting God for the victory. And that's, that's what we'll see here in, in Joshua chapter 6. God, God told Joshua to, to, to move forward and, and encircle uh, Jericho. Look at verse number 2 of Joshua chapter 6. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with his king and mighty men of valor. This is before it happened. This is revelation from God in regards to what is going to happen. And true faith believes in the promises of God, even though they haven't taken place yet. The Lord told Joshua, I've given Jericho to you. You shall, verse 3, march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Thus, you shall do this for six days. Jericho was surrounded by a wall, an impenetrable wall, a big wall, the way you can describe it. And how they fought in those days, because that was normal for a city to be surrounded by a wall, and how they fought in those days is that they, they laid siege against Whatever uh, city they were coming against, uh, they laid siege. They cut off water. They cut off food. Uh, they they put these uh, ramparts up and and, and uh, on the wall to 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 come over the wall. But it took a long time. In other words, a siege against a city against a wall city it, it took months, and perhaps even even years. But here. When God is acting, God don't God 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 is not limited. He, he's He's not limited by a little old wall. It may be limiting to us, but it's not limiting to God. And God gave them a strange command: march around the city. I'm giving you the city of Jericho, but what I want you to do is march around the city. God gave him specific instructions. 
He says, you will march around the city, verse 3, and all the men of war going around the city once. And thus you shall do this for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. God is specific on, on what he, he is requiring. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall, and the wall of the city will fall, not just fall down, but fall down flat. <laughs> and the people shall go in, everyone straight before him. The wall is it's going to fall down flat. God made the waters like a wall on the left hand and right hand for the people of Israel. Here, the wall is going to fall flat. And what does this signify? God works in different ways. God's ways are not. You can't predict how God is going to work. Just because God worked one way in this person's life does not mean that God is going to work the same way in this person's life. You can't figure God out. His ways are not our ways. Our, his thoughts are not our thoughts. We want to try to figure God out so that we can have some comfort knowing that we sometimes faith is really unbelief in disguise. We, 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 it's really unbelief that is trying to disguise itself as faith. When we try to figure God out, when we try to anticipate how God is going to do things, rather than saying, let's get on our knees, let's pray, and seek God's will. The wall of the city will fall flat, God, God says. And the people shall go in to do what? To destroy, to bring God's judgments upon these people. And so Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priest. Joshua obeyed. He, he, he obeyed. And look at verse 7. We'll see a word that we saw back in, in Genesis. And he said to the people, Go forward. Remember that? God told the people, people of it, there are some similarities. There is to be active faith. There is to be faith acting. <laughs> and he said to the people, go forward, march around the city and let the armed men pass on before the ark. Again, God's sovereignty does not negate our responsibility of acting on our faith, on what we know God has called us to do. Verse 8, we see that they went forward, blowing the trumps, and they had to obey specifically. Look at verse number 10. But Joshua commanded the people, you shall not shout or make your voice heard, neither shall any word go out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout. Then you shall shout. Don't get ahead of God. 
Don't, don't, don't get just because nothing is happening. Just because you're walking around, nothing has happened. Don't, don't get ahead of God. Don't, don't take matters in your own hand. Don't, don't try to use your own wisdom. Be patient. Verse 15, on the seventh day, they rose early at dawn of day and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. And sometimes in prayer, you got to keep on seeking, keep on asking, keep on knocking. And just be patient and wait on the Lord. It was only on that day that they marched around the city seven times. And, and again, in obedience to God's revelation. And, and at the seventh time, when the priest had blew the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, now you can shout. Now it's time to shout. Shout for the Lord has given you the city. And the city and all that is within, it shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction. And now we get to Rahab. Only Rahab the prostitute. And before we read this, we want to go back to Joshua chapter 2. But before we get there, I want you to know that the, the, that, that, that the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. That's what we see here. God is fighting this battle and the, the battle is, is not with horses. Not with the army, not with bows and arrows. It's with trust in God, faith in God, and embracing his word. And we're told this, that the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but of divine power to destroy strongholds. Talking about arguments, that's, we don't fight against physical People living in physical city with physical walls. We fight against we 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 come against people who are with that have spiritual walls, spiritual walls of 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 thoughts and ideals and philosophies. We don't conform to the world and their wisdom and their philosophy. We bring the word of God to bear on their wisdom and their philosophy. We take every thought captive and, 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 and bring it in obedience to Jesus Christ. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. This is how we fight today. We're to discover God's word and use it. And so, look at verse 31. By faith, Rahab. Move, faith moves forward when others around you don't believe. And when the Jewish people were 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 uh, acting outside of the wall, marching around, there was somebody in the wall believing. <laughs> they were acting in faith outside the city walls, and there's a person who is being shaped to uh, to 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 embrace God by faith inside the city walls. Let's look at verse thirty. 31 back in Hebrews. 
kind of going back and forth, but verse 31 back in Hebrews chapter 11 says, by faith, Rahab. Rahab exemplifies faith that pleases God. And what's significant about Rahab is that she was a harlot. She was a prostitute. She's an unlikely candidate for saving faith. But the writer of Hebrews says she did not perish along with those who were disobedient. Turn to Joshua chapter 2. And this is where Rahab hid the spies. <clears throat> we know the story. They're taking the land and Joshua sent two men in secretly. Verse 1, he told them to go and view the land. This is Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. Go view the land, especially Jericho. And they went in and, and they went and came in to the house of a prostitute. Now, we won't speculate why they went to the house of a prostitute. We just say what the scripture said. They went into the house of, of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and lodged there. And so they're, they're going there to, to take the land. And it was uh, told to the king of Jericho, behold, the men of Israel have come here tonight to search the land. Verse three, then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab. Again, how did he know that they were at Rahab's house? sent to Rahab saying, bring out the men who have come to you who entered your house for they have come to search, uh, search out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hid them. And she said, true, the men came to me, but I did not know where they, they were from. And, 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 and she hid them. Verse six, but she brought them up to the roof and hid them uh, with the stalks of flax that she laid in, a, in order on the roof. And why does she do that? Why does she do what she did in verse six? Why does she hide them? Verse seven, so the men pursued after them on the way to the Jordan as far as the, as far as the fords and the gate was shut as soon as the pursuers had gone out. Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said, to them she's exercising faith now and said to the men I know that the Lord has given you the land she's a citizen of Jericho she's a pagan she's not of the people of God and here it is she's aligning her words with the words of the promise of God to Israel. I know that the Lord has given you land. This is, this is faith confession. She heard about it. She heard about the true God and his people. And she knew that Israel would be victorious before the battle started. I know that the Lord, you notice, has given you the land. Battle ain't even started yet. She's exercising true faith. And that, and she says, and that the fear of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. 
Notice verse 10, Joshua chapter 2, verse 10. For we have heard how the Lord dried up. This is 40 years later. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan and uh, uh, Sehol and Og whom you devoted to destruction. She, she heard about the true God and here it is, she's confessing her belief in the true God. Verse 11, as soon as we heard, our hearts melted away. There was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord, your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. She has come to terms of peace with holy God. He's God. Our pagan gods are not God. The God of heaven is God, not our idols. And she says in response to this, now then please swear to me by the Lord as I have dealt kindly with you, you also will deal kindly with my father's house and give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them and deliver us from death. And the men said to her, our life for yours even to death. If you do not tell this business of ours, then we, then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully, faithfully with you. And then, and then she let down, she let them down by a rope through the window of her house was built for her house was built in the city wall so that she lived in the, in the wall. Verse 21. And then there's a sign that they gave her. And she again exercised faith and obeyed. And she said, according to your words, so be it. Then she sent them away and departed and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. This is what they told her to do. And she did it. And she was spared. Turn to turn back Joshua chapter uh, chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6 verse 20. <clears throat> So the people shouted and the trumpets were blown. As soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout and the wall fell down flat. So that the people went into the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. Verse 21. Then they devoted all the city to destruction, both women, both men and women, young and old, ox, sheep, donkeys with the edge of the sword. But the two men who had spied out the land, Joshua said, go into the prostitute's house and bring out from there a woman and all who belong to her as you swore to her. She's going to, she is going to be saved from destruction. And verse 23 says, so the young men who has, had been spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father 
and mother and brothers and all who belonged to her. And they brought all her relatives and put them outside the camp of Israel. And they burned the city with fire and everything in it. She was delivered from the judgment of God by the hands of the people of Israel because she believed in the God of Israel. And they burned the city with fire and everything in it. On the silver and gold, the vessels of bronze and of iron, they put in the treasury of the house of the Lord. Verse 25, but Rahab the prostitute in her father's household and all who belonged to her, Joshua saved alive. And she, and she has lived in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Rahab was saved. Rahab the harlot. She welcomed the spies, Hebrews 11 says. She welcomed them as guests, as, 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 as not as enemies. She put her own life at risk. And, and she had heard the reports of God and how he dealt with his enemies. And she humbly exercised faith in him. And she in the she she knew that the people of God and 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 the God of Israel, she knew about them because of the reports perhaps that was passed down from generation to generation. And she was a in the most amazing thing, she she's a, a Gentile woman and and now she is uh, she 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 joins the the company of those who are saved by faith, and because of her faith, she she now lives her life the rest of her life with the Israelite people. She was adopted into the tribe of Judah, and she is an ancestor of Jesus Christ. And and, and what is the author doing again? He's Defining true faith is, is active. No matter what your situation is, it, it, it is active. It, it acts on what has uh, on what God has said. Whether it comes through the mouth of a preacher, whether it comes through the mouth of a, a, a saint who knows God. And this should gives a this should give us the courage to go and tell others about the gospel. It, God may save, he may not save there in that moment. But that doesn't mean that he ain't working. We like to see evidence. I want to see God working. If I don't see God working, I'm going to make a judgment that God is not working and I'm going to stop acting. You never know what God is doing. And, and perhaps you may be listening online. Perhaps you're sitting here and you haven't come to Christ. And you saying, 
I got to get my life together. I, I got to get, and I've heard this time and time again, I got to get my life right, brother. Really what that person is saying is that they don't want to come to Christ. You just tell them that, man, come on now, just be honest. You don't want to come to Christ. You don't have to get your life together. Let me tell you about Rahab. Let me tell you about a prostitute who simply believed and was saved. Can God save a prostitute? Yes, he can. Can God save a murderer? Yes. Can he save a person who is a drunkard? Yes. Why? Why, can, why, it is, why is it that God can save a person who is a, a great sinner because God is a great savior? He, he saves his salvation is great through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have to believe that. But if you oppose like the people of Jericho who didn't believe God's testimony, if you oppose God like the Egyptians and the Pharaoh, you destruction is coming for you one day. And you can't get away from it. So I say get uh, come to Christ. God is rich in mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is God granting you that which you don't deserve. God is rich in mercy. All you need to do, if you don't know Christ, admit that you're a sinner. Acknowledge that you deserve condemnation. Acknowledge that God is holy, right, and just. To punish you. Look to Christ and you will find forgiveness and mercy. Because it is in Christ that God has enabled you. If you want to come to Christ, it is in Christ that God gives you eternal life. Trust yourself to him. Be confident in him and his testimony that he is a savior, that he is the God man who died upon the cross. Trust in him. And you will experience salvation from the destruction of God. Amen. Narratives of the Old Testament are wonderful. And how, you know, people read the Bible and say the Bible is boring. How do you say that? Because you want to be entertained. How, do you, how, how, how is it that you wouldn't want to get immersed into the, these narratives, these stories, these true stories about God and his work among his people? They're strengthening your faith, beloved. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that you are the God who is able. 
that with man, there are things that we face that are impossible. But with you, all things are possible. And Father, your people face all kinds of obstacles in this life. No, we don't face the Red Sea. No, we don't face the walls of Jericho. But many of us are facing difficulties like that remaining sin in our lives that that didn't fall away when we came to Christ that we continue to struggle with. And some of us are facing the obstacle of being a single person and the challenge that comes with being single. Some of us are a single parent raising children in the home. There are some who are dealing with the obstacle of physical health and are are struggling and, and Father, they don't see no way out. There there is no path forward through the pain, but to struggle through the pain. And Father, we have learned through the testimony of your people, what you're calling us to do is simply just to, to trust you, to trust that you're sovereign, that You are at work, whether we know it or not. We may not see it. We may not feel it. There's no way that we can comprehend it. But our assurance comes from your word that says that you are working in all things for our good and for your glory. We we get we gain assurance from your word that tells us that in Christ we're able to do all things that you have called us to do. We're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. We 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 gain confidence and assurance from your word where you tell us to count in our joy when we go through various trials and tribulations, even though it may we may not feel joy. But you tell us to count in our joy, not based upon what we feel, but based upon what you have done in Christ and that you will complete the work in us, the spiritual work that you're doing in us. You will bring that work to completion. And even while we wait for it to be completed at the return of Jesus Christ, You are producing in us through that work as we wait for Christ. You're producing spiritual growth in our lives. Thank you, Father, for the confidence we have in you and in Christ. May your grace enable us to continue to live victorious lives of faith for the sake of Jesus Christ. It's in his name I pray. Amen.